Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of the DJ Sports Show with your host, DJ Hamilton. In today's episode, I want to talk about Kevin Durant withdrawing his trade request from the Brooklyn Nets as he met with GM Sean Marks on the Joe side and Steve Nash in a meeting earlier this week. I think it was on Tuesday where they discussed things, how he was feeling, and they decided to go forward with the season instead of trying to force a trade because he's been trying to force a trade all offseason. So we're going to get into that this episode. I'm also going to get into the NBA schedule that was released last week, but I never actually talked about it. So I want to talk about it on this episode some of the marquee matchups that are happening on Christmas Day and throughout the NBA season that I'm looking forward to. And I want to talk about the Lamar Jackson situation going on in Baltimore as he's trying to get a contract extension ahead of week one, which is vastly, vastly approaching. And I want to talk about MLB releasing its 2023 schedule, a more bound schedule that we've ever seen MLB ever release where each team will play each other at least once. So you're going to get matches like Shohei Otani versus Mookie Betts, Otani versus O'Neal Cruz, who's like the Giannis Tentacumpo of the MLB. So we're going to talk about that. It should be exciting. I hope you guys really enjoyed the episode. It's been two weeks since I released the episode, almost three weeks. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. And let's get right into it. Let's do it. So the first thing I want to get into in this episode, ladies and gentlemen, is the Kevin Durant situation going on in Brooklyn as the star forward has met with the team and they decided to move forward together after the star's trade demands and he has withdrawn his trade requests. So he will be staying in Brooklyn according to a statement from National Manager Sean Marks. Um, he stayed at Coach Steve Nash and I together with Joe Tsai, who's the owner of the team, and Clara Wu Tsai, who's... Joe Sai's wife met with KD and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles on Tuesday. We have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, building a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. Durant, who initially asked for a trade back on June 30th, and he reiterated that desire in a meeting with Joe Sai in London earlier this month when he stated that it's either you choose between me or Steve Nash and Sean Marks. And he put Josiah on the hot seat to make that decision. And Josiah stuck with Steve Nash and Sean Marks because he's like, you're thinking in his head. And he's right to think this. Like, yo, I gave you the coach you wanted. You wanted Steve Nash. We got you him. We brought your best friend James Harden in from Houston because you wanted us to trade for him. We signed your buddy Kyrie Irving in 2019, even though we didn't really want Kyrie Irving. But we did it for you, Kevin Durant. We've done everything you've asked us to do. And, and then you're going to try to turn around and negate your four years left in your contract that you signed and that you're obligated to be with us for the next four years and you signed with no player option. You decided to do that. We didn't force you to. You want to do that. And as an organization owner, I'm like, no, I have the power. I'm going to take my power, use it, and we're going to tell him how it is. This is how we're going to do it, and this is how you're going to abide by our rules. And Joe Side told him straight up how it is because over the last few years, there's been a lot of player empowerment that I'm kind of not liking with players forcing their way out of situations 
like not even playing up to their contract or such as Ben Simmons, not even playing for a whole season. Like he didn't play in Philadelphia this whole year because of what? I know he was dealing with mental issues, but that wasn't talked about until like midway through the season. This guy was perfectly healthy. He just sat out games collecting a paycheck. And he just recently filed grievances to get his full. He just got, got his full money in grievances for the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, I think a report came out a week ago. He got the money that he missed out on this season. He recouped all that money back, which is outlandish. James Harden forced his way out of Houston. He got fat, was out of shape, and he didn't want to be in Houston anymore because the situation that was going on, and they weren't having success winning a championship. The organization was going downhill, and he saw it coming. And then he decided to force his way out of Houston as best he can by being in the worst possible shape he can. And to force his way to Brooklyn to play with Kyrie Irving and Katie, which ultimately didn't work out. So Durant is another guy in the latest line of star players trying to force their way out before their contract is up. And this time it didn't work. And I'm glad to see it didn't work because it's time for the owners and upper management to start taking some power back. And in the next CBA, Clever Bargaining Agreement, which is going to expire in 2024, so two years from now, the owners are going to come hard at the players. They're going to come extremely hard at them. They're going to have great examples to line up against the Players Association. The Ben Simmons saga, the James Harden situation that happened, and then what KD just tried to do, which ultimately was a huge failure. So that's something I'm really looking forward to when this next CBA comes. And Durant's contract, he still has four years and $198 million, an extension he signed last offseason. And this is a team that offered him big-time money when he was coming off a torn Achilles. We didn't know how Kevin Durant was going to look. That was before we knew how good he was going to look coming off the Achilles. They had trusted him, they believed in him, and they invested in him. And for him to turn around and do this to them after he's been out how long? He's only played like what? He's been injured a lot since his time in Brooklyn. He's been very injury prone. He has not given his all to Brooklyn. I think that's just a slap in the face to if I'm Joe Sy of the Brooklyn Nets, the owner of the team. Like, yo, you barely given us your best. We haven't seen your best. And you be- and you have not really been available for us in your three seasons of playing. Same thing with Kyrie Irving. He's barely played since he's been in Brooklyn Nets. They both all do part, do part to the Brooklyn Nets organization. You're obligated to be with this team. We signed you guys to help us try to win a championship, and you guys haven't really been there. They've played less than, what, 30% of the games together since they've been there? It's been really, really bad. So the Nets have spent the better part of the offseason dealing with upheaval and rumors of Durant and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving played just 29 games last season after choosing not to get the COVID-19 vaccine and created a list of teams he would have liked the Nets to consider working with on a sign-and-trade deal, Lakers obviously being one to go f- join his former buddy and, t- and superstar LeBron James, who he won a championship with in 2016. However, there's no viable trade materialized for Irving, who's going into the final year of his contract, and the Nets can still trade him as an expiring contract. And although Irving would have no formal voice in the potential landing spot, and he has until June 30th of next year to work out an extension before he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Irving and Kyrie, Irving and Durant will be on the Brooklyn Nets next season, and hopefully Ben Simmons can make a contribution as well as a guy who could facilitate the offense, do most of the playmaking, because Kyrie Irving and KD are mostly scorers. And having Ben Simmons facilitate and a guy who can put pressure, attacking the rim, and be a defensive force is something that's going to be really exciting to see if they could put it all together. They have all the talent in the world to make NBA Finals run. I'll be disappointed if they don't 
a minimum, at least make the conference finals. This team is too talented. Like we've seen in the past with this Brooklyn Nets team. Talent going gay so far. It's about team chemistry, cohesiveness, and everybody buying in. It doesn't matter how much talent you have. They have that camaraderie. So that's something really interesting to see as the season approaches. And the Brooklyn Nets, I expect them to be a top three team in the Eastern Conference this year. I expect... In no order, the Nets, the Bucks, and the Celtics to be the top three in the East with the Miami Heat right behind those three. So it's going to be an exciting run in the Eastern Conference next season, and I can't wait to see it. See it. And according to Caesar Sportsbook, the Nets' odds to win a championship moved from 18-1 to 9-1 to after the Nets announced Durant will stay, and that pushes them ahead of the Los Angeles Lakers for fourth-best odds to win a title behind the Celtics, who are plus 450, the Warriors plus 650, Suns plus 800, Clippers, who are plus 800 as well, and the Bucks at plus 800. So it's going to be a really interesting season, and I can't wait to see what happens. So this morning on August 25th, 2022, we received some devastating news in the NBA as one of the brightest young rookies who are going to make their debut this season, Chet Holmgren, the second overall pick in this year's NBA draft to Oklahoma City Thunder, the 7'1 power forward out of Gonzaga, will miss the whole 2022-23 season with a foot injury he suffered in a pro-am basketball game this past Saturday in Seattle at the crossover event on a play when he was trying to guard LeBron James, stopping him on a fast-break transition layup. So he injured his Liz France in his right foot, which is a tendon, which he ruptured the tendon. It wasn't a fracture. They said it was, it was a ruptured tendon, which is in the mid part of your foot, which will cause him to miss the whole 2022-23 season. He was the number two pick in the draft. And it's just really unfortunate because I was so looking forward to seeing him play. I've been watching Chet since he was in high school and he crossed up Curry in the 2019 Steph Curry camp. And I was like, who is this skilled center at 7-1? He literally moves out like a guard. He's so fluid with his movements. He's so coordinated and he's just, he could shoot the ball. He could put it on the floor like a real point guard. Like he's 6-3. He used to play point guard when he was um, younger. He, yeah, he wasn't always this tall. He didn't, yeah, and when he and when he was tall, when young, he wasn't this good. Like he had dad trained him to be a guard first, and now we have to wait a whole another season to see him in NBA on an NBA court. And Sam Presti, the GM of the Oklahoma City Thunder, stated, "Certainly, we are disappointed for Chet, especially given the excitement he had about getting on the floor with his teammates this season. We know Chet has a long career ahead of him within our organization and Oklahoma City community." One of the things that most impressed us during the process of selecting Chet was his determination and focus. We expect that same tenacity will carry him through this period of time as we work together and support him during his rehabilitation. He also told reporters later Thursday during an availability session that Holmgren will have foot surgery after the Thunder consulted with three of the nation's top foot specialists. And he confirmed that Holmgren suffered a ruptured tendon in his foot and not a fracture, knowing that the Thunder were optimistic about his long term recovery but that they would be extremely conservative. He believes something will come positive from this, and he said that Holmgren already has resumed weight training and shooting exercises without applying pressure to his foot. I know this is is really bad news. Like It's disappointing. It's sad because this guy's hungry. He wants to be great. Anybody who watches basketball deeply and knows some of the guys coming up, Jack Holmgren, he has a determination to be great. He wants to be one of the greatest players to ever play this game. He has that fire in his belly, even though he's like a skeleton, spinely. (laughs) He's like 195 pounds soaking wet. 
he wants to get better. And I know during his time away from the game, a year off due to his injury, he's going to use his time to really beef up his body, try to get a stronger upper body, broader shoulders, strengthen his core, everything. So when he comes back next season, he's hopefully 15 to 20 pounds stronger in muscle. I would love to see that for him. That will do wonders for his NBA game. Because that's the only real question we really have about Chet Holmgren is his frame. Nobody questioned his skill set. He's an elite shot blocker, especially help side defender. He can really shoot the three ball off the pick and pop and creating his own shot. He's a solid passer. And he can finish at the rim. He's not a guy who's who shies away from contact despite his skinny frame. So that's that's something I'm really ready to see. Like next season when he comes back, he's gonna I expect him to come back with a stronger body, more NBA ready body to be able to handle the NBA rigors of eighty two game season. And I, I just think with his work ethic, that's going to happen. He was one of the number of NBA players to participate in programs this offseason, along with LeBron James, Jason Tatum, Paulo Boncaro, DeJounte Murray, and Aaron Gordon were all at that Seattle crossover last Saturday night. And the game was canceled in the second quarter because of the condition of the court. It was slippery, wet, humid, and it was causing a lot of wet spots and condensation, which I think is one of the main reasons why Chet hurt his foot because of how terrible the quality of the court was even though Pressy did deny that he didn't really think the conversation had reason for Chet's injury but I, I honestly think if the court wasn't so bad Chet will be fine and will be ready to go this season but unfortunately that's not the case he also stated guys are playing all over the place all the time everywhere if you have players that love to play they are going to play basketball every time you step on the basketball court something like this could happen it could happen in a game it could happen in a practice. It could happen in a scrimmage. It's just part of it. The NBA considers the program a, a sanctioned activity, meaning Holmgren's future earnings will not be in jeopardy if he does not fully recover from the injury. The Thunder will receive an insurance reimbursement of 80% of Holmgren's per game salary, about $4 million after he misses 41 games this coming season. And Pressy also stated that the injury won't prompt the Thunder to give up and tank for a better position in the 2023 draft, as some fans have suggested, because many people are already looking at Victor Wimbayama, who's expected to be the best prospect since LeBron James, 7'3", center with a 7'10", wingspan, has guard skills, can anchor your defense. That's who many people are pegging the Thunder to try to tank for next season, the pair with Holmgren. And him and Holmgren battled it out in 2021 at the Under-19 World Championships, where Wimbayama kind of outplayed Holmgren. He's like a bigger... Stronger, a little bit better version of Holmgren, which is scary because Holmgren is amazing. But imagine those two together. That could be a frightening dynamic duo of twin towers for the Thunder. That could create a dynasty. So in the summer league, Holmgren showed a lot of promise. He averaged 14 points and 8.4 rebounds in five games at the Las Vegas Summer League. And Pressy stated that Thursday that Holmgren will, was having a monster summer and that will, he will be a force when he returns to the Thunder. And it's not it's not the first time we've seen a high draft pick, such a guy, a top three pick, sit out a whole season before making his eventual NBA debut. We've seen him with Blake Griffin in 2009. He hurt, he hurt his knee, I believe, or foot, and he missed his whole 2009-10 season, which was his initial rookie season. And he came back when we give the year in 2010-11, averaging 20 and 10. Same thing happened again. Joel Embiid missed his first two years with a foot injuries. 2014-15 and 2015-16. He didn't come until he was 22 years old in 2016-17, and he came in right away killing the league. Even though he only played 31 games, he was amazing in those 31 games. And he came even more NBA-ready and ready for the NBA rigors. So I don't think 
missing one year is going to really hurt Holmgren. I just hope during this one year, he really uses this year to really beef up his body to get more ready for the 2023-24 season and continue to improve the assets of his game that need work, like his post game, continue to get tighten up his handle. He can still work on that while sitting down, like little things like that. That's what I used to do when I tore my ACL. I used to work on my shooting form, just lay down, work on my follow-through, dribble, sh- sitting on the chair, just little things like that you could work on. And try to, once you're able to walk again, start doing a little running, jogging, slowly get your way back up there. And I think, like, after eight, six to eight months, I'm not a doctor, but probably around that time, they'll probably say, okay, you can start doing some running activities or jumping. So we'll see what happens because the tendon sounds like it takes a long time to heal. I looked on Google, it takes a full year for it to fully heal. So it's going to be a while before you see him junking and doing doing windmills and stuff like that. So it's just really disappointing to hear this news. But I think with Chet Holmgren's mentality, his hunger to be great, and his will to want to be one of the best players in the NBA is going to help him thrive throughout this tough time. It's just a minor setback for a major comeback. And I expect Chet Holmgren to make a major impact on the NBA one day. He might have to have... A year, sit, a year of sitting out, but in the end, I think it's eventually going to pay out. I wish Chet Holmgren the best throughout his rehabilitation, and we'll see what happens this season with OKC Thunder. So, team with the NBA, the next thing I want to talk about is the NBA released a schedule last week. I never, I didn't do a podcast last week, so I didn't get to talk about it, or I didn't do an article discussing some of the marquee games on the schedule. So, I want to talk about it here on this episode. So, this NBA season will tip off on Tuesday, October 18th, and conclude on Sunday, April 9th, 2023. It's the 77th, 77th, excuse me, NBA regular season. And the 2023 NBA playing tournament will take place from Tuesday, April 11th to Friday, April 14th, followed by the start of the 2023 NBA playoffs. And game one of the 2023 NBA finals will be scheduled to play on Thursday, June 1st. So opening night on Tuesday on TNT, 7.30 p.m., we got the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid and James Harden coming to Boston to play Jason Tatum, Jane LeBron, and the Boston Celtics. We got two teams who I expect to be at the top of the Eastern Conference next season. I didn't even mention the Sixers earlier. My top five teams in the East next season, no order. I got the Sixers, Bucks, Nets, Celtics, Heat. Those are my top five teams. The Bulls, I think, will be six. Hornets will probably be seventh. And I got the Cavaliers. Eight. I got the, those, are, those are my eight. I got making the postseason. Pistons are my dark horse. I just don't see them there yet. I think it'll take another year for Cade and Jay Ivey to really develop, get that chemistry, and really work off each other. But those are my eight. And this game is followed by LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook and the Lakers, hosted by the Golden State Warriors, the NBA champions, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. The NBA really did this on purpose. They usually put... A, a matchup, a rematch of the two NBA Finals teams on opening night. But instead, they wanted to put LeBron versus Curry to make LeBron see Curry and the Warriors get their championship rings on opening night, which I think is going to add fire to the fuel for LeBron to want to get his fifth ring of his career because now Curry matches him with four. So people are going to really be deciding who really owned this era. Was it Curry or was it LeBron? Those are the conversations we're already having. But if Curry gets another ring... Five to LeBron's four. If LeBron doesn't win another one, people are really going to be discussing Curry might be the one who actually owned this era, not LeBron. So LeBron, that's going to be added motivation for him internally. 
So, 2023-22-23 NBA season, excuse me, will feature eight national television games as part of Kia NBA Tip-Off 2022 with TNT and ESPN airing two doubleheaders each. Those games will showcase 12 different teams, three rematches from the 2022 NBA playoffs, and rosters that currently include 15 NBA All-Star selections from last season and seven recipients of the Kia NBA Most Valuable Player Award. So ESPN will tip off its 21st straight year of NBA coverage on Wednesday, October 19th with a doubleheader, which begins with the electric John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies hosting the New York Knicks at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. I expect the Grizzlies to really dominate that game. John Morant's coming back with a vengeance. I believe the Grizzlies could have beaten the Warriors and made the conference finals if John Morant didn't hurt his knee. I honestly believe that he was killing the Warriors in the playoffs last season. I would love to see him and Luka Doncic go off against each other in the North Carolina's finals, a battle of the future. But, of course, Steph Curry and the Warriors prevailed due to their experience, their poise in the clutch and, and crunch time moments. And they have that championship pedigree, so they know how to win. They know how to get there. And that's why they got past the Grizzlies. But also part due to John Moran getting injured because they had no answer for John Moran. Nobody on the Warriors does. So on Thursday, October 20th, TNT will present its second doubleheader of opening week. Joel Embiid and the Sixers will host the Milwaukee Bucks. Williamson DeCoupo coming to town. And I love seeing those two go at each other. They, every time they go at each other, it's always a classic waiting to happen. Most of the time. 90% of the time, it's a classic. We saw that last year when Giannis had that amazing 40-point triple-double, I believe, against Joel Embiid in his in his building and blocked his shot to win the game when he was on that rampant MVP race. And then you got the Lakers following this game at 10 p.m. Eastern with the Clippers. And Kawhi Leonard's back. Paul George will be back. It should be for an interesting game with a lot of storylines. Can the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard finally get over the hump with a fully healthy squad? Will LeBron James and AD get back to title contention in 2022? Can AD stay healthy to help the Lakers get back to NBA Finals contention? Because if AD can stay healthy and get back to 2020 AD or better, they're going to be contending for a title. What does Russell Westbrook have in store this year after a miserable 2021-22 season where he got so much vitriol from the media? So that's something I'm really looking forward to. How does Russell Westbrook respond to a a terrible season last year? Following that game, so on Friday, October 21st, 7.30, we got the Celtics and the Heat, a rematch of the East Conference Finals, Tatum versus Jimmy Butler. That should be something to look forward to. I mean, Heat have a bitter taste in their mouth after losing Game 7 last year in the East Conference Finals. Jimmy Butler, man, I don't know why he shot that three. If he would have just drove to the rim, tried to draw contact, foul, they didn't even need a three. They probably would have went to the Finals, even though I still think they would have lost to the Warriors either way. But just saying, Denver Nuggets will be facing the Warriors in San Francisco at 10 p.m. Eastern that day. So NBA will tip off his live coverage for the 2022-23 season. NBA TV will have his first game Saturday, October 22nd, or with a doubleheader as the Spurs visit the Sixers at 6 p.m. Mavericks host the Grizzlies at 8:30. I can't. I want to see Luca versus Ja. That's going to be appointment TV. That is going to be exciting. <laughs> I can't wait to watch that. So, so the NBA 
All-Star Weekend will be February 17th to the 19th in Salt Lake City, Utah. Will Donovan Mitchell be a Utah Jazz all season? I highly doubt it. I think he'll get traded before the All-Star game, before All-Star break. It, it, I don't think he's going to stay there. He, this team is bound to tank. They traded away. They're trading away Patrick Beverly to the Lakers, which was reported today. They, they got rid of so many guys. Joe Ingles is now in the Milwaukee Bucks. Rudy Gobert is gone. He's in Minnesota now. Who does Ivan Mitchell? They're not competing. They're obviously rebuilding. I don't know if he's going to want to be there for the long haul after their shortcomings in the playoffs, which he has part of the reason of why they've, they didn't reach their ultimate potential in the postseason. He he didn't play well this postseason. He 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 in the past he he usually played up to amazing all time great standards, but this season he did not. So I expect him to redeem himself this season, whether he's on the Jazz. Or he becomes a New York Knicks, which is the main target team that NBA executives and insiders are saying he'll get traded to. So Christmas Day games, is, we got a great one, ladies and gentlemen. We got some great games coming this Christmas year, the 15th year in a row. It will be on ESPN or ABC televising the matchups. So we got the Knicks hosting the Sixers. I don't think the Knicks should be playing. They're not a good team. They don't have any... Legit star power on their team. So I don't know why they're playing. I don't know why the Knicks are there instead of the Nets. I know they were really... The NBA didn't really know. They were unsure if KD was going to be a net after this offseason. But now we know. So it's just kind of unfortunate. Um, we knew Kyrie was going to play with the Nets this season. So Kyrie's always a point in television. We want to see Kyrie play. He's one of the, He's arguably the greatest... Well, he's the greatest ball handler of all time. He's the most skilled player, arguably, of all time. He's in that discussion. He has the most beautiful game we've arguably ever seen in NBA history. So I rather I would rather see. That's the only gripe for the game that I have on Christmas Day is that Knicks-Sixers game. Because the Knicks, they, they don't have anybody that's... Nobody's really running to the TV to go watch. But I expect the Sixers to win that game. I expect Embiid to have, like, 35 to 40 points that game. So the other games are more exciting more intriguing the next three games will air on both espn and abc we got the lakers visiting the mavericks 230 lebron and ad visit luka Doncic at american airlines arena luka Doncic got christian wood now as a big man andrew bell mcgee athletic twitchy big man who can protect the rim block shots really good rebounders can run the floor he could throw lots to them all day because they could jump off the gym they got a great catch lob radius because they got long wingspans and christian wood is kind of a modern more of a modern name big man because he can shoot the three ball i want this is going to really define what kind of player christian wood actually is is he a empty stats guy on a bad team or is he a guy who could really contribute to a playoff team as a solid starter so that's something i'm really looking forward to see can he pair with Luka Doncic? I feel like Luka Doncic is really going to make him better. Luka Doncic is gonna is he going to be in shape for training camp this season? He's been the prohibitive favorite to win MVP the last two seasons, and he's been coming to the last two seasons out of shape. And yeah, and he's been working his way in shape during the season, which you don't want to see from your franchise player. So I want to see Luka Doncic. He's 23 years old now. He's made it to the conference finals. He's put up historic numbers in the postseason and in the regular season. Three-time on Bay first team in his first four seasons, which is outstanding, out unheard of. What does he have in store next? Now the next step is to win. Get to the finals, win championship. That's what we want to see from a transcendent talent such as Luka Doncic. He's a guy who has potential to be a top 
15 to 10 player of all time if he reaches his full potential. The Mavericks are starting to put pieces around him. One thing I think that's going to hurt is with Brunson being gone. Jalen Brunson, who's the second option for the Mavericks in the postseason, their scoring option is now on the New York Knicks. I think it's going to take a little bit of a blow because Luka Doncic is going to have to handle the board even more. But when it comes to their big man, like their front court got stronger this postseason, but their backcourt got a little weaker. But I still expect the Mavericks to be a top five team in the West this season. My top five teams in the West this season, I'll say, in no particular order, because I wouldn't, I don't know right now. I got the Warriors, the Suns, Mavericks, Grizzlies. That's four, right? And I'll probably go Lakers. I say Lakers will be a top five team in the West. And I'm leaving out the Pelicans, who I think Zion coming back. Ooh, we. Oh, I'm surprised the Pelicans aren't here, aren't on the Christmas schedule. With Zion actually playing this season, I'm shocked the NBA didn't put him on the schedule. But we do got the Celtics hosting the Bucks as well at 5 p.m. Our Eastern Conference semifinals rematch, where we saw that classic duel between Tatum and Giannis in Game Six of the Eastern Conference semifinals this past season, and a duel for the ages. Both went for 40 plus. Dominating the games and so many Giannis went for 44, 20, and something like that. He was uh, he was unreal. I could he wasn't from this planet. And Tatum had 46 points, double digit rebounds. He was going off. Like both of them were going crazy. Tatum had like eight three pointers that game. It it was insane. That was one of the greatest battles I've ever seen from two NBA stars. Those two, Giannis versus Tatum and Giannis versus Embiid is always Two battles I love seeing him go against because they bring the best out of each other. Giannis versus Embiid and Giannis versus Tatum, man. It's just crazy. Tatum always struggles to guard Giannis even though he's beefed up. Now, because now he's getting near his prime. Over the last few years, he's really beefed up. He's still no match for Giannis. Giannis is just an alien, bro. He's too strong. So, the next game we got at 8 p.m. The Grizzlies making their Christmas Day debut. Their first Christmas game in franchise history in large part due to the electrifying, mesmerizing John Morant. And when they visit the Warriors in a 2022 Western Conference semifinals rematch. John Morant, this is what they asked for. The Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson, they said, we want to see y'all on Christmas. We want to see y'all. And on Twitter, they said that from a few months ago. And the NBA did it. They gave us, the fans, what we wanted to see. Draymond Green asked for it too. Klay Thompson, we want to see this. Grizzlies and Warriors has become a rivalry over the last two years ever since the Grizzlies beat them in the play-in in 2021 to make the postseason to eliminate the Warriors from making the playoffs that season and John Moran for Steph Curry that's all I need to say the most athletic point guard in the league right now versus the greatest shooting player shooting shooter of all time Steph Curry and the best point guard in the league over the last what eight years now John Moran this is your measuring stick it's your time to prove to a national audience that you are next you are the guy who will take the reins from Steph Curry as the best point guard in the league. This is your chance, buddy, to show a national audience. They got way more national televised games this season, and that's due to Morant. The NBA wants to market him as one of their next stars, and he already is a superstar. He already is, but he's still young. He's only 23. He's, if he stays healthy, he'll be one of the best players in this league for the next 10 to 12 years, and he'll be a staple on Christmas Day. If he stays healthy. So that's a game I'm also exhilarated to see. 
The last game that will conclude Christmas, we got the Nuggets meeting the Suns in Denver on ESPN, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, who got a new extension this offseason. I expect him to take a dominant all-star leap. Like It's time now. You're in your fifth year. I expect he, I, only reason I'm hard on Ayton because I know he has the talent to be an all-time great. He has the physical tools. You're going against the two-time reigning MVP in Nikola Jokic, who will have reinforcements this season with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., back on the court so i can't wait to see that so mlk day on january 16th that monday we'll have the Atlanta hawks hosting the heat in a rematch of the 2022 eastern conference first round series we also have the suns playing the grizzlies so devin booker versus john morant that's so that should be exciting and Morant playing against cp3 the point god and we got trey young going against jimmy butler in the heat and on that day as well, we also have the Celtics visiting the Hornets, Tatum versus Lamella Ball, and we got the Lakers hosting the Houston Rockets with the young core of Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., Josh Christopher, Kevin Porter Jr., and Alperon Sangoon. They got something really special brewing up in Houston. Give them a few years. If Jalen Green hits, becomes that superstar I think he's going to become, and Jabari Smith hits, they got something really brewing up in the next three years. I expect them to be dangerous three years from now. So on election day... On November 7th, that Monday, the NBA will not play any games that day to help promote voter participation, get people out to vote for the midterm elections, highlight civic engagement, work of teams in their markets, and no NBA games have been scheduled for Election Day on Tuesday, November 8th. So, that's something. So, wait, excuse me. Monday, November 7th, all NBA teams will play that Monday. November 8th, Tuesday, there'll be no games. So, just to correct myself. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, NBA Rivals Week as well. This is a new theme they're doing this year. and So that's something I'm looking forward to. So it will happen the week of January 23rd. 11 nationally televised games across four networks over five days from Tuesday the 24th to Saturday the 28th. Rivalries will be the focus of all nine games across TNT, ABC, and ESPN. In addition to two games on NBA TV, we've got the Lakers visiting the Celtics. The team, two teams with the most championships in NBA history. Let's Lakers have what, seventeen? Oh no, they both have seventeen. Excuse me. So they both have the same. They're tied for seventeen apiece. That's gonna be Lakers Celtics when they both are good. It's always a treat to watch. Two-time league MVP, like I said before, Jokic will lead the Nuggets against back-to-back MVP runner. And the 2022 NBA scoring champion, Joel Embiid. He was the runner-up in the MVP race again. Embiid's going to take that personal. He's going to say, this season, it's my time to win the damn MVP. I'm too great of a player to not have an MVP on my resume. He's going to show the audience that week against Jokic, who's considered the only big man better than Embiid, that he's the best big in the damn league, and he deserves to win the MVP. We'll see what the Sixers stand at that point and what Embiid's numbers are, but I expect Embiid to have a dominant season. So, And we also got the New York Knicks playing the Brooklyn Nets as well at Barclays Center on that day, that week, excuse me, 5.30 p.m. Eastern. So the NBA will also have global games that they usually have at least one or two every year outside the U.S. and Canada. So the NBA Mexico City, we have the Heat facing the Spurs on Saturday, December 17th, and NBA Paris game 2023. We'll have the Chicago Bulls and Troy Pistons on Thursday, January 19th at 3 p.m. Eastern. 
And then we'll see the Celtics and Warriors match up in a rematch for the first time on December 10th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. And they'll have another matchup, their final match of the regular season on Thursday, January 19th on TNT at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. The final day of the regular season will be that Sunday, April 9th, like I stated earlier. The seven games between Eastern Conference teams and the one in the conference game. we got the Rockets at Wizards. We'll begin at 1 p.m. Eastern. And there'll be other games in between. West Conference teams will start at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. ESPN will televise a doubleheader. So, and there'll be a, also this season, there'll be a lot of travel reduction. Um, the miles traveled on average for the 2022-23 season have been reduced over 41,000 miles per team, which is a record low in the era with 30 teams and 82 games per season. So that's good news for the players and the upper management. So they don't have to be so tired from jet lag and an airplane, being on airplanes all the time. So that's something I'm looking forward to seeing. More rested players and guys who can really, you know, show their best for the fans who are paying a hard-earned money. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, those are some of the things I wanted to hit. There's some big-time games coming this season, man. Big, big-time games. I'm looking forward to the Bucks for Celtics, Giannis versus Tatum. I'm looking forward to LeBron versus Steph, all these type of games. And it's going to make for a lot of exciting television. So, yeah. who who? I wonder who's going to win MVP this season. Like, my top favorites right now, I got Giannis winning it. I'll probably say Embiid second. Luka, those are my top three. Luka, Giannis, Embiid, I say, are my top three. I think it's going to be Jokic fatigue, two years straight. You don't really see players win three straight. Last player to do that was Larry Bird, who did it from 84 to 86. And other two players to ever do it in NBA history are Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. So you haven't seen it in over 30 years. I don't think it's going to happen. Giannis didn't do it. LeBron never did it. Jordan never did it. So Jokic definitely ain't doing it unless you have some playoff success and win a championship. So that's something we have to wait and see. Jokic, they're probably going to take some points away as well because Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are back. So they're definitely going to be like, okay, he has a little more more help now. So they're going to deduct some MVP points from him. That's how it always works. That's how it always is. It's unfair, I know, but that's how it all goes. But yeah, it's going to be a great season. The only detractor so far for me is Holmgren won't be playing this season due to the foot injury, which I'm really, really disappointed by. But I really wanted to see him play against Paulo. I was going to look forward to that matchup and Evan Mobley, but I'm going to have to wait till next season. But yeah, that's going to do it for the NBA schedule and some of the marquee games. And I hope you guys are ready for this NBA season. It's going to be a great one, as it always is. We're going to take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. Coming back, I'm going to talk about Lamar Jackson and what's going on with the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm going to talk about a little bit of baseball, the baseball releases in the 2023 schedule for next spring. And it's very balanced schedules for the first time ever in MLB history. We're going to get to those things coming back from the break. Don't go anywhere. I just want to say thank you guys who have been supporting the podcast. I know I haven't really been consistent since I graduated from college. And I'm going to try to get more consistent at least one episode a week or every two weeks because I'm busy, more busy with work now. I don't have as much free time as I used to. So you still going to get content. I might not be every week, but at least every two weeks, I'm going to try to provide an episode for you guys. I'm still providing weekly content on my blogs, three articles a week at least. So I hope you guys continue to tune into the DJ Sports Show. Check it out on Google, djsportshow.com. 
everything sports. Shout out to your friends everywhere trying to get bigger and better. So make sure you guys do that. But yeah, so coming back from the break, we're going to get to Lamar Jackson, ladies and gentlemen, and MLB. If I could give an athlete one piece of advice, it'd be to find a rival, someone committed to taking you down. They should scare you into starting early and staying late. They might be far away or across town. They might be family, but they should make you obsessed. Like this time, it's personal obsessed. And they'll bring you pain and frustration. You will hate them, but then you'll respect them and love them. Because that rival that wants to take you down is gonna make you raise your game even higher. Again, to Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens. So I recently did an article earlier this week, and it's titled, Will Lamar Jackson and the Ravens Come With a Contract Extension? And in the article, I talked about one of the many questions that still has yet to be answered this NFL offseason. It says the Baltimore Ravens quarterback and former NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson, will come with a new contract extension for the superstar quarterback before week one, which is what he initially stated to the organization that he wanted to get it done before the start of the season. He entered the last year of his four-year rookie deal in 2018, which he signed a four-year $9.4 million contract with $7.5 million guaranteed. Um, Jackson, who's a unanimous MVP in just the second year back in 2019-2020, he has been a pro bowler twice and a first-team all-pro selection. He also led the league in touchdown passes in his MVP season. He has led the Ravens to the playoffs every year of his career, with last season being the only year they did not make the playoffs due to him getting injured with an ankle bone bruise that caused him to miss five games as a result of that bone bruise. He's seen contemporaries such as Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson and Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray sign massive deals worth over $230 million. The Ravens still could be seeking a more lucrative deal after seeing what Watson and Murray have obtained, especially considering he's accomplished more in his career than the aforementioned quarterbacks. He has not participated in preseason games this preseason. He's about to miss the preseason finale as well. He, I think they played three or four preseason games, and he has not been present in any of them. So according to Sam Robinson of Yardbarker.com, the Ravens were report, reportedly willing to offer Jackson for $30 million a year, but Jackson did not agree to it. Kansas City quarterback of the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, is being paid $45 million a year, while Buffalo Bills gunslinger Josh Allen is being paid $43 million annually. So with many of his contemporaries getting paid, will the Ravens give Jackson the deal that he desires? Or will both sides fail to come to an agreement and force Jackson to play on the last year of his rookie deal without a contract extension? It should make for a very compelling story as the 2022-23 NFL season continues to draw closer and closer, especially considering that Jackson 
if you guys didn't know this, but he doesn't have his own personal agent. He negotiates for himself and his mother. His mother is the one that negotiates for him, which is kind of odd considering someone who has so much money. He can go out and get an agent, a professional agent, who people who do this for a living. Because he makes a ton of money. Just pay, the, just pay someone to do this negotiating for you so he can get the money that you're, you're well-deserving of getting. But he decides to do it himself and with his mom. If the Ravens and Jackson fail to come to an agreement, can Jackson be looking elsewhere once his deal expires in 2023 to play for a different organization in need of an exuberant quarterback? That's something I'm really interested to see. That's going to be one of the main storylines this season, especially if they do not agree to, mutually agree to a deal, both sides. Lamar Jackson, a lot of NFL teams will be looking for his services if the Ravens don't ultimately give him what he wants. And that's something that's going to be a storyline throughout this entire NFL season if he does not put pen to paper on a new contract. So this is a guy, yes, Kyler Murray and Sean Watson have gotten big deals. Lamar Jackson's like, why shouldn't I get that much money or even more? Because he's accomplished more in this league than Watson or Murray have combined pretty much. He's been all pro. He's been a pro bowler just like those guys, but he's won an NFL MVP. Neither of those other guys have won an NFL MVP. He has more MVPs than those guys do combined in their careers. So he's well-deserving to have even more money than those two guys got on their contract extensions. So I, I know where he's coming from. But at the end of the day, I feel like he should have an agent to kind of negotiate these type of intricacies and little details that contracts have that you might not understand. But guys who really went to school for this and who studied this could help you out with. So... Lamar Jackson is the Baltimore Ravens. I expect him to have a good season. Lamar Jackson has put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. He looks much more muscular. If you've seen pic- pictures of him recently, he he looks so much more muscular. It hasn't affected his speed or anything, according to reports in inside the Baltimore Ravens camp. But I think he's going to have another tremendous season. He led the league in passing yards. People In one season, people said he can't throw. This is a guy, the Baltimore Ravens don't really look for him to throw. The way their system and offense works they like to use his running game, his explosiveness, more than his throwing game. Even though the throwing game is not the strongest part of his game, he's still a guy who can rely on to, to throw the ball down the field. He's not. I'm not saying he's a Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert, but he's a guy who can get it down the field if need be. But Lamar Jackson, he, he's a tremendous player, tremendous quarterback, and I expect him and the Ravens to have a great season. Now it's against some baseball. The MLB recently released the 2023 regular season schedule and there's a few things to know about the upcoming season so fans it's going to be an exciting season next season as for the first time all 30 teams will play on opening day there's no big letdown an article by yahoo sports and getting ready for the start of the baseball season only to realize your team isn't scheduled to play on opening day hey but guess what every team will be playing next season on opening day which the season will start march 30th 2023 that has been MLB strategy in the recent years as the league has planned for all 30 teams to open the season in both 2022 and 2021, though neither season saw a full slate of games opening day. The reason we saw we didn't see it this year was because of labor issues in the offseason, and the year eventually opened late with eight games played on opening day. And 2021 was probably due to COVID-19 and, all, and we weren't really fully past the pandemic yet, so that definitely played a part as well. But now that we are kind of fully past the pandemic and MLB has gone past the labor issues, it should make for a very exciting 2023 season. Also, teams will play a more balanced schedule. 
entirety of your team missing out on a playoff spot because of a weaker club and a horrible division got in. That should be less of an issue in 2023 as well, as teams will play a more balanced schedule next season. So instead of playing 76 games within the division, teams will play 52 games in their division. And to further balance out the level of competition, every MLB team will have at least one series against the other 29 teams in baseball. So you want to see Shohei Otani versus Juan Soto or O'Neal Cruz, these young, phenomenal talents, we're going to get to see it more often. Otani, who's, who does it all, pitching, hitting, he'll be able to pitch against some of the best hitters in the league, like an O'Neal Cruz, a Juan Soto, and guys like that. So there will be no more beating up on your weak division rivals and guys, your mates in the same division. It'll make for more a diverse experience for baseball fans and sports fans in general who enjoy baseball as well. So Jackie Robinson and Roberto Clemente will be honored once again as the tradition for the league has been continuing on for years. Jackie Robinson Day will take place April 15th and will feature all 30 teams. The league has celebrated Jackie Robinson Day for years, as I mentioned before, and went all out in April for the 75th anniversary of Robinson breaking the league's color barrier back in 1947. Uh, Clemente Day will take place September 15th and will also feature all 30 MLB teams playing in the game that year, that day. The league has celebrated Roberto Clemente Day for years and has expanded its tributes for Clemente in recent seasons. So Major League Baseball will also be going global next season as we got the Chicago Cubs and St. Louis Cardinals participating in a two-game series in England. MLB held the London series between the Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees back in 2019, which marked the first time regular season games were played in Europe. The Cubs and Cardinals were supposed to take part in the London series back in 2020, but the games were canceled due to the pandemic of COVID-19. The two teams will make right on that cancellation in 2023, as MLB intends to play a number of games internationally over the next couple seasons, and have also teased potential future matchups in Asia, Mexico, Latin America, Europe, and other parts of the world. The final day of the 2023 MLB season is October 1st, Slightly earlier than normal, the 2022 regular season by comparison will wrap October 5th. So this season will be over by October 5th. Next season will be October 1st. And they have not released a postseason schedule for the 2023 season yet. So it's going to... Um, a lot of you baseball fans are probably looking forward to the more balanced schedules, seeing teams from different divisions, different conferences playing against each other more often. So that's something I think that should be really intriguing for fans. And it should make some very, very exciting baseball, man. Some very exciting games, more interesting matchups, and not seeing the same old thing all the time, which is refreshing to the eye. And I think it's going to hopefully help the product more, get more fans to watch the game. And baseball has a lot of great young talent. They just don't know how to market it. If they had better job marketing, they would be just as big as NFL and the NBA. But that's the only thing they're missing. They don't know how to market their star players, they're superstars. Everybody should know who Shohei Otani is, but the general public don't even know who he is. Only legit baseball fans or people who have really any remembrance of sports know who he is. That's it. So, it should make for a very compelling season, and we'll see what happens next year in MLB. The last thing I want to touch base on is 21-time Grand Slam champion Novak Djokovic has announced his absence from the upcoming U.S. Open from a Twitter post on Thursday. 
due to being unvaccinated against COVID-19 by the pandemic. Current U.S. rules stipulate that any non-U.S. citizen must be fully vaccinated against the virus in order to receive a visa and enter the country. The 35-year-old Serbian wrote, sadly, I will not be able to travel to New York this time for U.S. Open. Thank you. Hashtag no fan for your messages of love and support. Stacey Alistair, the tournament director of the U.S. Open, said in a statement, quote, Novak is a great champion and it is very unfortunate that he will be unable to compete at the 2022 U.S. Open as he's unable to enter the country due to the federal government's vaccination policy for non-U.S. citizens. We look forward to welcoming Novak back at the 2023 U.S. Open. The U.S. Open statement also noted that as a result of Djokovic's withdrawal taking place after the start of the qualifiers, a lucky loser will be included in the draw. This is not the first time that he has been disqualified from <clears throat> participating in a major tennis tournament, but um, <clears throat> like such as Indian Wells or the Miami Open in March, due to the same U.S. travel regulations and restrictions on people who are unvaccinated from COVID-19 outside of the country. And this is a guy who just recently won the Wimbledon major once again last month. He was also deported from Australia back in January, which prevented his participation in the Australian Open due to his refu- refusal to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. So this has been costing him a couple more titles to his resume. So Novak Djokovic, the U.S. Open has already started. It started this week. And the fact that he's not there is kind of a bummer for you tennis fans, especially people who are really, really looking forward to seeing him and paying money to get ready to come watch him play. But I expect to see him back next year. With COVID regulations kind of being gone for the most part starting this year, people are not really required to wear masks going out anymore into stores. Unless you're going to like a doctor's office or something, you're not really required to wear a mask anymore. So I expect that to be fully, you know, the world fully back to normal and back to its regular self the way it was before starting next year. So we'll see what happens next year if he's able to play in the U.S. Open and hopefully Novak Djokovic comes back strong. Well, that's going to do it for the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I really got deep on that NBA schedule marquee matchups, man. There's some crazy matches going on this season. There's so much great young talent in the NBA and so much great talent overall, from veterans to the youngsters. And it just makes for really compelling, juicy rivalries and basketball. That's what we love to see. Lamar Jackson, I want to see him kill this season, whether he gets contract extension or not. I want to see him win. I want to see a brother win. And get, I want to see him get paid. He deserves it. He deserves every penny, the amount that Watson and Murray are making, if not more. So we'll see what happens this upcoming season with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I really want to see him win a Super Bowl one day. I don't know if he will because the town just keeps getting better in the NFL. The quarterback, the quarterback position is probably the deepest it's ever been. You got Joe Burrow of the Bengals. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. You got Justin Herbert, Chargers. They're coming. Tom Brady is still killing at the age of, what, 45 now? It's just crazy. MLB with their bounce schedule. I really want to see how that works out on all the juicy matchups and intriguing, compelling matches that we're going to see with the new bounce schedule. So that's going to be interesting for fans as well. And Chet's injury, man. I'm just really bummed out for the kid. I know he's going to be a great NBA player if he can stay healthy and bulk up his body. That's the only thing that we have questions about with Chet Holmgren is his frame. He has all the skills. He He's an elite shot blocker. He can anchor your defense. He can shoot the three ball, put it on the floor. The only thing we have a question about is his 
is this frame. That's it. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. It's me, your host, DJ Hamilton. I'll see y'all next time.